Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Father, you are here, and we are here. May we be here together, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, St. Michael's. So I come to you this morning to simply tell you a story. And like all stories, we have to start at the beginning. In the beginning, God spoke. God spoke and creation came into existence. Everything that is, everything we see, taste, touch, and feel, He created. The celestial bodies, the seas, the dry land, the mountains, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the animals that walk upon the earth, including the crown of God's creation, human beings, all came into being through God's spoken word. But God did not keep himself distant or separate himself from what he made. He didn't fashion all things into being and then depart. No, God's intention was to dwell among all that he created, to live in it, to live with it, especially with these special ones in whom he took particular interest in, the ones who he made in his image and his likeness, humans. Heaven, the realm of God, and earth, the realm of humans, were not separate but united. This was depicted in the Garden of Eden, the place from which humans would flourish and multiply, spreading across the earth, inventing and building and designing and creating. In this garden, God walked among us. He made his home with humans. Heaven and earth, God's realm and humans' realm, were one in a perfect and beautiful harmony until something happened. Humans were deceived into believing that they were better off living on their own without the one who created them through his love. They were deceived into believing that they didn't need God anymore. And their decision to reject and turn their back on their creator caused a rift between heaven and earth. God's realm and theirs. They were no longer united as they once were. Something came between them. Something ruptured this unity, this harmony, this oneness, this thing, this entity called sin and death. So God could no longer dwell among his creation as he once did. God's home was stolen from him. It was taken from him by humans by us. 
though humans believed that they can govern themselves and God's creation all on their own, all without him, they soon ushered in chaos and turmoil and destruction and all forms of evil. This beautiful earth, this place made to be of love and compassion and justice was merely inhabitable. But God, in his great love, would not and could not abandon his creation. And definitely not his precious humans. God's deepest desire was to dwell among them once again. His deepest longing was to live with humans once again. To make his permanent home with them. Reuniting heaven and earth. And to that end, God had a plan. But the earth, corrupt, was now full of humans who had forgotten about God, the one who created them. But out of all these corrupt people, out of all of humanity, God would form a new people, a chosen nation who would have a special purpose To be in a love relationship with him. And living not as others who governed themselves, but with God as their king. And they would be a people of love and compassion and justice, just as God originally intended for all humans to be. And they would be a beacon, a light shining in the darkness, to illuminate the hearts and minds of all the other peoples of the earth, to tell the truth of who God is and who all humans were meant to be, inviting them to be in a love relationship with this true God and to become a part of God's chosen people, God's children, God's family. And God would make his home among these special people. God would dwell with them and they would behold His glory. So God started these new people with a simple, lowly, elderly couple named Abraham and Sarah. God appeared to Abraham and promised that through he and his wife Sarah, God would create a new nation, a new people that would bless the world. And he promised to give them a land. And this people would eventually be called Israel. But what of God's homecoming? Well, heaven and earth would be united in small ways and in sparse locations whenever Abraham and his descendants would seek God and draw near to God, encounter and worship him. But these were only temporary moments. See, God would have to wait years upon years, hundreds even, to live among his people in any significant or permanent way again. This would take place after God rescues his people Israel from years of slavery and oppression under the thumb of Egypt's king called the Pharaoh through his chosen servant, Moses. God would lead them out of Egypt into the wilderness towards the land he promised Abraham to give them and make Israel once a band of slaves into a free nation of people with God as their king. Forty years 
Israel journeys through the desert toward the promised land, living in tents as their forefather Abraham once did. So God instructed Moses to fashion for him a tent, patterned after heaven so that God could live among his people. God anointed many artisans and craftsmen to construct this holy place, this tent of meeting, this tabernacle. And it was the place where heaven and earth would meet, where the rift would be repaired, where the two would be reunited, God's realm and human realm, like Eden once was. After the tent was constructed, God came down. God arrived to dwell among his people, and he manifested himself in a pillar above the tent, a pillar of cloud by day to protect his people Israel from the scorching sun of the desert, and a pillar of fire by night to warm them in the cold, dark desert evenings. And Israel called this pillar the glory of God. The pillar journeyed with them in the wilderness for 40 years until God eventually brought them into the land he promised Abraham to give them. And there they moved from their tents into houses made of stone. But God's special presence remained at this tent of meeting in a special location in Israel for many, many years. But once again, God must wait until the time of the kings of Israel, the King David and his dynasty. You see, King David was a deeply flawed man, but he loved the Lord. And when David and his army took Jerusalem to be the nation's capital, David desperately wanted to construct a temple made of stone so that God's presence can dwell again with his people for the glory of God to live among them once again. King David made the plans for this temple, but it wouldn't be him that constructed it. It would be his successor, King Solomon, who would have the temple built. And like the tent of meeting, the temple would be patterned after heaven. And when the temple's construction was complete and Solomon consecrated it, the pillar returned. The glory of God filled the temple just as it did in the wilderness. God's people lived in houses made of stone, so God would live among his people in a house made of stone. But there was a problem. Although God dwelled among his special people, first in the tent and then in the temple, the people were still the same. From the moment they crossed the Red Sea, out of slavery in Egypt, into the freedom of the wilderness, they quarreled with God. They refused to listen to Him. They rejected Him. They turned their back on Him. They continually failed to show the world the truth of who God is and who they were meant to be and what it was like to live as God as their King. They continually failed to be who they were created to be acting very much like the first humans did in the garden. Therefore, evil and corruption and injustice and exploitation that was spread across the earth remained within them. These special people called Israel because sin and death still remained. But God didn't abandon them. 
He didn't forget them. God's plan wasn't finished just yet. Because God's intention was to get even closer to humans. His deepest desire was to dwell with us, to live with us in love and harmony. But a tent and a temple made by human hands could never be his permanent residence. So God does the unspeakable. He does the incomprehensible, the unimaginable. Like in the beginning, God speaks the word into creation again. But this word, the same word that God spoke to create all things is not a something, it's a someone. You see, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. This word is God's only darling son who eternally dwelled close to the father's heart like an infant child on their mother's chest. God's word comes forth from the love and intimacy shared in eternity between the father and his only son. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory of God, the pillar of cloud and fire, came down from heaven and tabernacled among us. God's temple, now in human flesh, has arrived. Heaven and earth are united, are one in the word made flesh. Jesus of Nazareth. What was it like for God, whose deepest desire was to make his home with humankind to dwell in the womb of his mother Mary, creation's new Eve? What was it like for God to lay in her arms and nurse upon her? What was it like to hear her sing psalms the songs of her people in his infant ears? What was it like for God to get skin to skin upon her chest and listen to her heartbeat, the heartbeat of all humanity that longs to know its worth and be set free from sin and death? What was it like for God who longed to dwell with his special creatures to sit at table and eat and drink and speak with them face to face and laugh with them, and cry with them, and mourn with them, and hug them, and touch them, and hold them, and heal them, and restore them to dignity and wholeness. What was it like for God to be enfleshed and dwell among us as a human? In the Word, Jesus Christ, the Father's only Son, God was never so close. But you know what? It wasn't close enough. Not for God. God wanted to get even closer. God's ultimate desire is to make his home in us, in our very beings. But something had to change. The word became flesh not only to dwell with us, but to mend the rift between heaven and earth that we created. To heal the rupture 
that separated God's realm and ours. To remove the thing that the first humans brought into this world and that each and every one of us has perpetuated. Sin and death. That entity that causes all the hate and war and corruption and injustice that exists on God's earth. So on the cross, this Jesus, the Word made flesh, God incarnate, absorbs all of that into himself. This beautiful man, the perfect and spotless one, covered in blood, covered in our rejection of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, cries out, it is finished. He takes sin and death upon himself, and buries it in a tomb. But on the third day, God raises him from the dead. And now the word creates again a new dwelling place for God, the holy place, the place where heaven and earth meet, God's tent, God's temple, the pillar of cloud and fire, the glory of God lives now in you. And in me, God's deepest longing, his deepest desire is fulfilled through Jesus Christ, his only son. God's promise to Abraham is fulfilled. In Christ, God made this special people, this holy nation, this royal priesthood, not only consisting of the children of Israel, but of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And they are to be in a love relationship with their true creator, living not as others who govern themselves, but with God Christ as their king. They are to be a people of love and compassion and justice as God originally intended for all humans to be. And they are to be a beacon, a light shining in the darkness to illuminate the hearts and minds of all the peoples of the earth, showing them the truth of who God is, of who they are, of who they were meant to be, inviting everyone to be in the relationship with the true God through Jesus Christ, his only son, and to become a part of God's chosen people, God's family, his children, so that God can come to them and make his home in them as well. The end and the beginning. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you liked today's message, please subscribe to our podcast And be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn. And therefore, you can never lose.